Welcome to the Marriage Battle Plan Podcast. You know, a lot of couples struggle to communicate clearly in their marriages, and it's costing them a lot of heartache and pain. Our mission here is to help you communicate better with your spouse using combat-proven military communication strategies so you can enjoy your marriage more every single day. If you haven't done so already, please take the next three seconds. That's right, just the next three seconds. And simply click that five-star review button if you think this is a five-star podcast so we can reach even more people just like you and your family and friends and loved ones and help you all continue to win in your marriage. Hey, welcome back to episode, well, not back to episode two. Um, this episode two or three? <laughs> I don't know what episode this is. I think it's three. <laughs> okay. Well, this is... I think episode three. Um, three. Yeah, I even wrote three on the show notes there. <laughs> and today, what are we talking about, Jamie? Propaganda. Propaganda. This is a very uh, powerful and effective tool used by militaries and nations and uh, guerrilla warfare groups, terrorist groups, uh, trying to influence people. And uh, what do you think of when you hear propaganda? If you're just walking around out in the world uh, and you hear propaganda... Like, what comes to mind? Somebody says, oh, oh, that's just a bunch of propaganda. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, maybe, like, false information. Okay. Yeah. Like, what everyone says about the news media. And pretty much everyone's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always say, if you hear something on the news, take, like, 90% of it and subtract it from what they're saying. And then you're probably close to getting the gist of probably what really happened. And so... Uh, it's the way it is. If you can control people's minds, uh, you can control society. You can benefit, you can profit, you can control, you can kill, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. If you can get people to believe what you're saying and influence yeah. them. And, you know, a scary thing about it too, whether something's true or not, I might say this later, but if you tend to repeat a lie loud enough, long enough, people tend to believe it. Yeah. And I don't know the exact quote, but I think Adolf Hitler said something like that. And uh, he obviously was evil, but he was also very smart. And uh, in that sense, if that was him who said it, uh, he was definitely right. Uh, mm. So, yeah, you have to look out for that. So, propaganda. I have a, a great example today to share with you about propaganda, what it is, and what how this applies to your marriage. Because any lesson we teach you on here, we talk about, we're going to show you where this applies to your marriage. And how you can avoid it or use it. Now, we're not going to have you use propaganda, but we're going to teach you how to identify it mm-hmm. so it doesn't destroy your marriage. Now, my first unit, I was with the 2nd Infantry Division. It was my first unit after joining the Army at 18 years old. And I was a, I was a machine gunner. Life was good. It was beautiful. And uh, 18-year-old kid and his machine gun, like that's <laughs> like a, a five-year-old and his puppy. Like what more could an 18-year-old kid want? Um, not a whole lot. <laughs> until they brought out the rocket propelled grenades and the anti-tank mines and the anti-tank rockets. And, you know, that was pretty fun, too. Yeah. So I was in North Korea, or not North Korea, South Korea, but I actually went to North Korea, uh, right there at the border of the DMZ. And uh, while I was living there, that whole year I was I was stationed there. And what was interesting, there's a lot of things interesting, like the golf course, the one-hole golf course. Um, it's called the world's most dangerous golf course. It's surrounded by minefields. That's a real thing. It was featured in Sports wow. Illustrated back in the 90s. That's yeah. scary. It's like there's signs that like say, like if you hit your ball in a certain area, danger, uh, do not retrieve balls, live mines. Oh my goodness. Seriously? Yeah. And they're there from the Korean War and they're unexploded. Nobody knows exactly where they are. So you don't want to go out there. Mm. But as I, as I went up to the DMZ, um, there are these loud speakers all through the mountain range facing southward from North Korea. Mm-hmm. Now they're all speaking Hangul, which is Korean. So I didn't know what they're saying, but 24 seven, it's like, wah, 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 like Charlie Brown's teacher. And what it is, is this North Korean propaganda. They're preaching their superior quote unquote way of life. Why South Korea is evil and you should defect and come to North Korea. Um, and they believe um, that if you say something loud enough, long enough, there will be a certain percentage of people that will believe it. And they're right. Again, that's scary. Yeah. But 
I just remembered that was weird. I'm like, oh my gosh, those stupid speakers. I wish they'd just shut up. And uh, everyone in South Korea probably thinks that too. And But that happens in our marriages. Mm-hmm. Our spouse does something or has a habit or has a history of something or maybe did something and really messed up and you've never quite reconciled it. So every time um, something happens, instead of what's really happening, your mind immediately defaults to, oh, I'll bet I know what that is. Like, oh, that's more proof that this is how it really is. Yeah. Even though that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I'll bet it's that thing he messed up on before. Mm-hmm. Like we had some friends, um, we have some friends who uh, there was a history of infidelity, you know, back when things were really messed up. And they actually brought it back together. He made things right. They actually held their marriage together and they're booming. They're amazing. Uh, they teach other couples how to stay together now. They're mm-hmm. like the 1% you never hear about that made it. Yeah. I remember there was an example that um, the wife gave. She said, you know, he had been unfaithful and then he came back and she 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 accepted him back, but it, it took a lot. Mm-hmm. But they give an example when they speak and they say, you know, whenever we're at a restaurant, he always used to take his phone to the bathroom with him. Mm-hmm. You know, his iPhone, whatever. And that's like a little thing, like whatever, take phone. Like everyone has a phone in their pocket in the bathroom. Um, but to her, there was a message he did not know he was sending. Mm-hmm. What what kind of propaganda do you think she had sitting at the table waiting on their order while he went to the bathroom and he had his phone on? What kind of message do you think propaganda was going through her head? Who's, who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? Who's he texting with? Mm-hmm. Who's he sexting with? Who is he? Whatever. Because that had been a thing in the past. Yep. So why would she think anything other? Well, yeah. Why would she? I mean, he says he's a changed man, but... Is he really? I mean, that's probably what's going through her head or went through her head back then. Well, was he really? Why he's, why is he taking his phone? Yeah. Who's he talking to? Yeah. So you know what he started doing? Because he was the real deal. He's, once he found that out, he took that propaganda and he killed it. Mm-hmm. One way he did it is he used to leave his cell phone laying on the table while he went to the bathroom if they're at a restaurant or out in public. Mm-hmm. He'd leave it there. He gave her the password, pin codes, whatever. Said, you can check any of it anytime. I don't care if there's nothing to hide. And uh, he was able to destroy that prop- that propaganda through truth. Yeah. Now, um, there's... In fact, I want you I want you to read real quick this, uh, this... There's a Bible verse. And we don't get super preachy on here. But there's a ton of truth, obviously, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so if you've ever read it, you'll know that. Um, but um, it's... it's uh, what is it? Romans... Romans 12.2. 12.2. What does it mm-hmm. say? says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, so there's a part there that says, it's in bold. This is actually from the Marriage Battle Plan Tactical Field Guide that you get um, when you join the Marriage Battle Plan program, which is an online program we have uh, where we teach couples how to communicate better using Proven military battle strategies. It's all like an hour long total. Mm-hmm. It it will revolutionize the way you communicate with your spouse because we talk about we we break down specifically into your specific marriage how these concepts work, like the enemy from the last one and propaganda from this one. We go deep into it. And, and my hair was really really awesome back then. It was bright bright blue. She had bright blue <laughs> when uh, when we did that. But and here's yours a, was silver. Yeah. And so if you want to know more about that, just go to marriagebattleplan.com, marriagebattleplan.com. Very simple. And we have that on there. You get lifetime access to it if you just get it one time. But here's the thing. This verse says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Propaganda is a mind weapon. It's not a physical weapon. Well, you can spread it and scatter it on leaflets or through speakers, but it's a mind weapon. It's a mental weapon. That's why it says you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because in this world, every day, gosh, you turn on the news. Mm-hmm. And what do you see? Just garbage. Negativity. All about people getting murdered. Um, you know, viruses that are out. Oh, it's killing this many people. But, you know, is that really true? Just, you know, lots of just propaganda. 
Yeah. <laughs> or even if it's true and real, like it's grossly exaggerated. Yeah, big time. Because, again, if you can get people afraid, you can get them to do what you want. Mm-hmm. If I make being over here really scary, she'll want to sit over here. <laughs> yeah. So that happens. We're not referring to anything in particular, but that's a very common thing historically. That's what you do. That's how you get families and people to turn on each other. You get some of them believing the propaganda and others not, and suddenly the propaganda becomes more important than the relationship, even with own, their own family members. It's it's ridiculous. Politics, this happens. Uh, any social issues, this happens. Most people don't even, they don't actually communicate clearly. And like, they just argue from different points, but they're all often not even arguing about the same thing. Yeah. You know, in this program, we always say, if we can just get you arguing about the same thing with your spouse, that's a win. Because mm-hmm. so many people aren't communicating. Yeah. So I've got right here a book I got years ago. It's called 101 Things I Learned in Advertising School. Now, what does this have to do with advertising? Well, advertising, news, media, propaganda. There is this awesome definition of propaganda that says it so well. And it says, it's called the key ingredient in propaganda is truth. Now, you might think, well, propaganda is an exaggeration. It's false, right? Uh, Yeah, but, and here's what we mean. It says, propaganda promotes a point of view or agenda, typically of a political nature. Typically. Its methods are biased, deceptive, exaggeration-prone, and confusion-inducing. But its central tactic is the deployment of highly accurate truths. Now, if you don't understand this yet, just just wait. Just follow me. The truths are carefully curated or presented out of context, leading the gullible to believe the accompanying distortions, the distortions that they see um, that are presented by the the company or the group putting out uh, the propaganda and lies are also truthful. So the truths are carefully curated. They're carefully handpicked and presented out of context. It presents truth out of context, leading gullible people to believe that the the false representation that I'm gonna, we're going to show you now, so to speak, if we're a news company, let's say, that that will also be true. Because what we're taking that truth and we're just twisting it, but we're being very, um, very careful about it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the difference. Legitimate persuasion seeks to change opinions by demonstrating the greater inherent worth of a position. That's legitimate persuasion. Just trying to persuade people legitimately, not trying to get over on them. It presents the various sides of an issue with reasonable completeness and fairness. So it presents all sides of an issue. Not just one, but all sides so we can see an issue from all different angles and get the best point of view. Like, if you're up in an airplane at 30,000 feet, you can see the earth way better than if you're 10 feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But if you're putting out propaganda, you don't want people to have a 30,000 foot view because they might see other sides and agree with that more than yours. So it presents various the various sides of an issue with reasonable completeness and fairness and aims to show people why the arguer's position on balance is preferable. Propaganda, this is good. Propaganda tends not to change opinions as much as expose and heighten existing opinions. Propaganda tends not to change opinions as much as it does to expose or heighten existing opinions. So if somebody has a pre-existing opinion that's wrong, propaganda wants to take that and stick with steroids, juice it up. Mm -hmm. Because if everyone has varying opinions and everyone's super passionate in different directions about combating opinions, now you're going to people fighting each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And how do you, how do you how do you get your agenda met? <laughs> you do it by getting people behind you and wanting to fight other people and divide. You can see this all over you know our country at the time of this recording over pandemic or media politics whatever. I mean whatever the outrage is this week. Mm-hmm. But it's just um, it is truth. You know something we. We have here in the, the marriage battle plan here on the the tactical field guide um, something. Uh, this is what I wrote. This is the key section lesson for this one, actually. So you're getting kind of a taste of uh, the marriage battle plan, one of the lessons. Um, I put the stories we often tell ourselves 
about the situations and events in our lives are like a steering wheel. They are indifferent to circumstances and outcomes, but will guide us wherever we allow them. A story, whether true or false, told loud enough and long enough will generally become accepted as truth by many, even if it isn't, at some point in the future. And that the most powerful and effective propaganda used against us will almost always contain at least a shred of truth. There will be just enough to get our buy-in and a small agreement from us. The enemy knows if you'll give him an inch, he can eventually take a mile or ten. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if I can get you just to believe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm on one side politically, you're on another. Okay, well, here's a little thing we can't agree on, right? We can agree on this, right? <laughs> this little issue. Okay, I'll give you that, Brian. We agree. On, we at least agree on that. You've given me a little foothold. Mm-hmm. And over time, I can exploit that and manipulate that mm-hmm. and get you to... It's, it's, it's bizarre how easy it happens. Mm-hmm. So, you had an example of this um, that you wanted to share from our life. And think of, think about this in your own marriage before you share this, Jamie. But in your own marriage, if you're when you're hearing this right now, what are some troublesome areas of your marriage or areas that always present conflict? Because here's how here's how you identify the conflict: the com- the uh, the propaganda. The propaganda is the story going through your head about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You say, well, Brian, he is doing this. Or, well, Jamie, she is doing that. Okay, there's probably some truth to it. We get that. Mm-hmm. We've already said prop, the best propaganda always contains at least a shred of truth. There's going to be a little bit of truth in it because it can't be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So so as Jamie's about to share this, think about um, what area of your marriage where you have trouble, what story goes through your head? So you had a pretty good, uh, pretty good um, example here. Go ahead and share that with us. Yeah. So. Um, because I'm talking a lot. Yeah, he normally, he normally does. I, do that. I try he to does, shut up. He does. He does it for a living, though. So it's like you know. I know. I know. <laughs> People want to hear from you. They're like, trust me, way more than me. <laughs> um. Well, I think it was about. I think it's about five years ago. Um, his mom. Uh, his mom moved from Florida. Uh, here to Texas where we live right now. And, uh, and she was just coming over, like, I think about like pretty much every weekend. Yeah. And no, we haven't, and lived. we have a great relationship with her. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll preface it that I got blessed with a really good mother-in-law. Yeah. Um, we haven't lived within like 2000 miles of her, like in 20 years. So like we never, we our never whole marriage. Yeah. So now she lives 20 minutes away. Yeah. But she was she was coming up every weekend, and I was just starting to feel like, man, I would really love, I would really love to have like one weekend as a family, just the four of us. You know, we have two kids, and so just the, just the four of us, like once a month, just have family time. Whether we go somewhere, whether we just stay home and hang out, just as a family, have game night, whatever. Just I wanted to have that, but because he's so close to his mom. They're so much alike and they're so close that My I was like, cool. <laughs> that I was like, I don't know how to tell him because I don't want him to, I don't know. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't want to like cause any trouble because I do love her. Um, but I, I was really wanting that and didn't really know how to like voice that out because I was scared he was going to get mad. Well, tell me what went through your head. Like what exactly, like what was the reaction you were afraid would happen? Uh, just that you would be like, well, no, I, I want my mom. I my my mom's finally living near me. So why why you know like we get during the week together. Why can't why does it matter that we have a weekend mm-hmm. alone, just the four of us? Okay. And um, okay, so you were you were afraid that I would be like, well, defensive. Mm-hmm. That I would have some sort of response, like you know. What, what do you, like, do you want to keep us from her? <laughs> Some weird thing like that. By the way, guys, once you get married, your mama comes second. Your wife comes first. <laughs> if you have a problem with that, you're going to have a bad marriage. I promise. And uh, <laughs> now what? tell them what my reaction actually was. When you worked up the courage, which I don't know what I did to set the precedence for her being afraid to tell me. 
They're but, because but, they're just so close, I think. But I, I, I somehow must have said that in some way, and I take responsibility for that, even if I didn't know it. Like, if people don't know they can talk to you easily or without being afraid, that's your fault. Like, you've set that level, that bar, that precedence somewhere. So, yeah, yeah, a little bit. So Yeah, so I think I had really honestly been feeling that way for at least a year or more, maybe, I even, like, before I even mentioned it. I've been feeling it, but it was like, ah, I want to mention it, too scared, so I won't. A whole year. Or more. It could have been more. A whole year or more that she didn't communicate this to me because mm-hmm. she was afraid. So she dealt with this propaganda for a year or more. Mm-hmm. Probably a couple. And she's wanting to tell me. And I'm not even against it. I just don't know. <laughs> he just doesn't know what he doesn't know. <laughs> so I finally just one day, um, well, I think it was actually you went through some program and you had he was gone for a couple of weeks. And when he came back from that, we had just a really long heart to heart talk. And I opened up and I finally, you know, he was asked if there was anything that, you know, we to make our marriage better, if there was anything that, you know, maybe we need to address or, or whatever. And and so I've, at that point, I really felt like, OK, I can I can bring this up then. And so I said, well, and I think I even prefaced it with I would love to talk to you about this, but I don't want you to get mad. OK, so hold that thought. <laughs> You're about to tell me. Mm-hmm. But you prefaced it with. I have something to tell you, but I don't want you to get mad. Mm-hmm. Here's a point, husbands or wives watching this. If your spouse comes to you like that, it's probably because it's an important issue. Mm-hmm. I would, I don't say always do what I do, but I would highly encourage you do what I did or do what I do whenever she says that. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. I don't know what she's about to say ever if that comes up. It doesn't come up often, but it does sometimes. Yeah. If your spouse ever approaches you and says, I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to get mad. I, I immediately go, all right, I want you to tell me and I promise I won't get mad. I promise I won't get mad. Now, here's the thing. She could tell me anything that I'm not expecting from I burnt, you know, the dinner to I've been having an affair with three people, <laughs> which that would never happen. Nope. But like, if the thing is, if I promise not to get mad, I can't get mad. Mm-hmm. Then she feels like she's able to tell me. Mm-hmm. Then over time, as I say that, and I proved her, okay, whatever you tell me, I won't get mad. I can't get mad at it after she tells me. Well, what that does is that builds trust. Yeah. In our marriage. And which you're more open to tell should me. Should be there. <laughs> yeah. Merit trust is such a huge issue in a marriage. Like that needs to be so important in a marriage, honestly. So, because if I say that time after time, mm-hmm. time I was just thinking time. that's a good song. <laughs> um, if time after time I do that, but mm-hmm. I don't uphold my integrity and say, okay, I won't get mad, and then I do, she'll never tell me anything. No, and why, it doesn't why mean would I? it doesn't mean anything. Why would I? Yeah, yeah. So, so I did. I so, prefaced it with that. So I said, I want to talk to you about something, but I don't want you to get mad. And he's like, okay, I, I promise I won't get mad. And I still was like, oh, okay, here it goes. <laughs> so I did. I just told him, I was like, you know, I love your mom. And I, she's one of my best friends, honestly. I got blessed with a really good mother-in-law. Um, but I, I, I would really love it if we could have one weekend a month that she doesn't come up because I, I'm really just wanting just family time on a weekend. I know we're together during the week, but I would love to have just once a month once a month, maybe twice a month where she doesn't come up, you know, and we can just have family time. Yeah. And what was my response? Well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to your mom. And so, and I actually, and it's funny, I brought it up to her still kind of, and, and same thing. I was nervous. Like, What's oh. the propaganda there? Like, I don't know. Maybe she's going to say, well, I love being there. And, you know. You guys don't want me there? Yeah, I didn't want to hurt her feelings. I haven't lived around my grandkids ever Ever. since they were born. (laughs) Like, so you had propaganda in your head with her. I did. Yeah. Although you hadn't actually talked to her, so you couldn't even confirm. Mm -hmm. I know, but that's that was what was the propaganda in my head was like, oh my gosh, she's gonna, you know, be upset and get her feelings hurt, and I didn't want that. Um, I just I love I have such a heart for people. I don't want to hurt her feelings. 
So um, <laughs> she's like, she was feeling the exact same way. She's like, well, I, I have been really wanting to have a weekend or I have a bum day and I don't have to get dressed and I can just stay in my PJs all day with my cats. So at her house, at her house. So she was feeling the same thing. And again, in her, she had propaganda as well because she didn't want to hurt our feelings either. So she wasn't telling us and we weren't telling her and then I wasn't telling him. Yeah. (laughs) And now we're great. Now we get once, twice a month where, you know, she goes. She stays at her house and has her bum weekends. And or I she'll get take to, one of our kids on a weekend, or she'll and take one of the kids and have a whole weekend. She'll spend like hundreds of dollars on them, mm-hmm. and them ha- rotten. like one at a time. Yeah, and just has her grandma day that she wants to do that. Yeah. So it. I mean, it all worked out great, but I mean, it could have. It could have happened a lot sooner if I would have just been open and honest and not scared yeah. to tell you. You know, or even if. If you would have been able to look at it and realize, go, okay, I don't want to offend him, make him mad. I don't want to offend her or make her feel unwanted. Mm-hmm. But if if you would have realized in that moment as you're thinking of Sasuke, wait a minute, that's propaganda. See, that's the power of the battle plan, the marriage battle plan that we teach. It transforms the way you think and communicate. It gives you a framework within which to think. Because when you thought those thoughts about me getting mad or her being offended, you could have automatically said, wait a minute, that's propaganda. Mm-hmm. Now, it might be true or it might not be true. Yeah. Or maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe she would be. Maybe some people would be offended. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least you'd be able to say to yourself in that moment, this might be true, but I actually don't know that it is. It is unconfirmed. It is an unconfirmed story going through my head. Now, I'm... Mm-hmm. And who knows, like, I mean, you know, when I was feeling that way a couple of years, like I said, it was probably, you know, probably a couple of years ago when I first started feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I, you know, I just didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I I didn't want that. But like, if I would have just not been scared, I, I, w- I wish I would have just said it sooner. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you hadn't said it or worked up the courage to talk to me. You might still be living a couple years later now in a state of, I would say, invisible resentment Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't know was there. She wouldn't know was there. Like, I love spending time with just the four of us. Mm -hmm. I love it when she's over, too. It's just different, but Mm -hmm. equally great. And she loves having her bum days at home on the weekend where she doesn't come up. Mm Mm-hmm. So we were actually taken from her because she didn't know how to break it to us that she just wants to stay home <laughs> maybe one or two weekends a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you wouldn't have acted on this propaganda and taken that courageous step, we might all still be, at least you and her, in a state where eh, it's kind of rubbing on you, but you don't want to say anything. And so like that's division though. Like that's that's discomfort that's not healthy mm-hmm. that's not people talking now one thing you have to understand about jamie is her communication style do you remember that that uh, life language thing we took mm-hmm. what was your what was your uh your life language called it was called responder yeah like 98 percent 98 percent 98 here's what that means tell me what that means what's the one of the first things you consider when you communicate with somebody I consider how it's going to make everybody in the room feel before I decide anything. So before she makes a statement, how is it? Or a decision or anything. Like I, I, I first like think about how it's going to make everybody else feel before I say it or do it. Because that weighs heavy on you if there's disappointment or something like that that you caused or yeah. you feel you caused. Yeah. So that was a super hard step for Jamie to take. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, honestly... Now I can say, I mean, I was in a really bad, really, really bad car accident a year ago. And I feel like since that happened, I have really opened up with like, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I, I'm tired of like being tiptoey. Like, 
I, I'm not, I'm, I deserve to, to be treated a certain way and I'm not going to let certain people in my life or I'm not going to get stepped on anymore. No longer is that going to happen in my life. So now I, I'm thinking, gosh, I wish I was that way two years ago because I would have just said it. Even if I would have been a little nervous that you may have gotten mad, I think I still would have just said it like where I'm at right now in my life. I think I still would have said it. Oh, well, if you get mad, that's how I feel. Well, and everybody has their breaking point. You can know the nicest, most peaceful people in the world. And when they break, it like scares people because <laughs> people are like, that person doesn't break. <laughs> and like every, every nice person has a breaking point. They'll just tell you to shut up mm-hmm. and then just go off. It. But it's like, you've really got to push those people. And if you've done that, it's like, you're probably the problem. They're not perfect, but you're probably the problem if that's the scenario. Yeah. Yeah. But now whenever we have things like that come up, we immediately go, we can think to ourselves, all right, before I talk to Jamie or before she talks to me or we talk to mom or anybody, mm-hmm. is the thought going through my head propaganda? Like, is it true? Have I confirmed that this is a true thought? This is actually the way it is. 99% of the time, you have not. Yeah. And it is not confirmed. It is what you think. It is. It's like I'm wearing, it's like they say the rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. You're wearing pink glasses. I'm wearing glasses with blue lenses. Yours are pink lenses. We're seeing the same thing, but I'm seeing shades of blue. You're seeing shades of pink. Person over there is seeing shades of gray. Won't go there in this episode, but in different shades. But it's like we we can all look at the same thing mm-hmm. and see something different. It's not that we're not looking at the same microphone in front of us. If you're watching this online in the video, there's a, a microphone in front of us. We all see the microphone, but we see it from a different perspective. Yeah, I see... A, 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 a shadow box with an American flag and some of my military stuff here. When I look at this, I see it out of the peripheral. What do you, when you look at this, Jamie, what do you see in your peripherals to your left and right when you look at the microphone? Well, to my left is you. Yep. To the right is the um, is the lights. That yeah. Have like, there's a desk over there. There's a desk kind of in front of me. And then to the right is like the lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like we're seeing the same thing. But we also we have different things influencing what we're seeing yeah even if that light was darker than my light Mm -hmm. or your light then Mm -hmm. you would see brighter and i would see darker and even when people whenever there's a crime committed you'll often hear this it's very common they'll ask eyewitnesses people who were there what happened it is not uncommon for five or ten people to say something different oh this is what happened that's what happened everyone saw the same thing but it was through the lens of their perception yeah Maybe that's their life experience or just because it was trauma. And so they think they saw, but they were they were running away or whatever the case. There's so many different variables and factors that, that actually feed into what we actually see. Mm-hmm. And it happens with propaganda in our minds, yeah. in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So think about this as you're listening to this. You have propaganda and it will kill your marriage. It will kill your relationship with your kids. It will kill your career. It will kill everything. It'll it'll leave you left and desolate and alone. Mm-hmm. Think about like what area of your marriage do you struggle with most? If you yeah. do, mm-hmm. money, sex, kids, a lack of something. Maybe it's a lack of money, a lack of sex, or a lack of kids. Some people want kids and they can't have them. And it and it um or God, I mean we we know people who have lost children. Uh, you know, baby, you know, was less than a year old and it died like that right there destroys so many marriages because they don't know how to handle the grief. They turn against each other. They don't turn to God or some sort of mutual understanding where they're there for each other. There's a division mm-hmm. and whatever that might be or resentment yeah. over the fact maybe you had an abortion or something and your husband just has held it against you all these years or it could be anything. Yeah. What is it in your marriage? career going back to school like i i'm gonna go back to school in the fall to be a teacher and i got gosh probably six years ahead of me of school a lot of people go to college for six years (laughs) they're called doctors they're called doctors (laughs) i love dummy boy no yeah no she's she's a mother she's a wife Mm -hmm. she's got stuff going on and she's going back to college but go ahead and explain how you know we hadn't we didn't plan on sharing this part of our life but uh explain what my reaction was in some of the friction that created when you first said, I want to go back to college. Uh, he was like, what? <laughs> he was really shocked. And I'm skeptical. Think, very, very. And, and here's why. Okay. Here's why. 
Um, I was upset with him at first because I was like, what, what, why are you not being supportive? And it wasn't that he wasn't being supportive, but here's, here's what happened. All of our marriage, 15 years of marriage currently, like all I've ever told him about school is how much I hated school growing up, how I made like C's and some D's and B's and A if I was lucky. Um, and I went to college for a mes- semester when I was like 19. I was like almost 20 years ago. <laughs> um, and I, and like some of the classes got dropped because I stopped going to them because I didn't understand the math, like math, for example. And I think they're even the reading one too. Both of those got dropped. So all he knows, all he's heard is how much I hated school, how bad I was at it. Um, how some of my classes got dropped in college because I stopped going, because I didn't care. I was 19. Um, so when I told him that... And now that, she's 37 and wants to go to college and become a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I support I, I you, it. but... Yeah. <laughs> you know... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, my skepticism is was understandable. Yeah. And that's a huge commitment. That's a multi-year commitment. That's not like, oh, I'm going to go get a certification over the next three to six months. This is years of college. This is time away from our family, for away from our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, our travel schedule, when I speak, and things that we do mm-hmm. is taking her away of certain parts of her lives. And I also wanted to make sure she understood this is what it's going to cost you. You're mm-hmm. going to not be able to do some of these certain things because there won't be time. Yeah. And that's going to have to be first in your life, um, more or less, at least when it comes to like an occupation or something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was, uh, I, I never told her not to do it, but I was very against it. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that she, uh, she's like, well, I'm doing it anyway, whatever, um, that there wasn't any real talking her out of it. Mm-hmm. And I never tried to talk her out of it. I just, no. I, I tried to make her think of the real cost of time and everything it's going to take of her. Cause this isn't like a little pipe dream. I'll do this for four to six years, and then I'll do the job for a year or six months and go, you know, I'm really not into that. And you you just spend all this money and this time and education. Mm-hmm. But you, the only thing I knew about Jamie in academia was that she hated it and she was no good at it. <laughs> now she's she's 20 years down the road now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 17. But she's a different person. She's at a different stage of life. And I've always recognized this. You know, and people might say, well, Brian, she supported your dreams, writing books, speaking, doing all that, because I, I speak all over the world. I have been for the past 15, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always been beside me. Mm-hmm. And some people would say, well, Brian, you should have supported her from the start. Not really. Um, even though I do support her now, I was skeptical because I cared. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't want me to fail. Yeah, if someone said, hey, I need 100 grand to start a business, and they've never built a business, they have no track record, that would be a dumb decision because of the failure rate, because of what they don't know to do with that money and how to work it and how to build a business. It's not that I wouldn't want them to succeed in business. It's that I don't want them to lose that hundred grand, <laughs> then be stuck under the mountain that debt and never be able to pay it back. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I was against you. I was just very, very blunt and direct and straightforward with everything it's going to cost, not just financially, but what it's going to cost us in time and our family. By the time you're done, uh, our kids are pretty much going to be graduating high school. And <laughs> so, you know, like these last five, six years that they're in school, you know, if you have to miss some stuff, you're only getting one chance at this. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to weigh that. So that's what my big thing was. But then you realized how serious I was about it. And- it just everything I everything I knew about it was how much you hate it and how not good you were at it. Mm-hmm. And so now you want to go do that thing that you've always hated and you're not good at. <laughs> like, that's all I heard. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people have pipe dreams. They have fantasies about what it'll be like. Like, the fluffy stuff. They don't see the grind mm-hmm. and the pain mm-hmm. and the skid, you know, the knees bloodied after falling off the train out of the tracks and the rocks and, I mean, just what life does to you. Mm-hmm. And I did my my best to make sure she saw all of that that could be the case and understood the cost. 
because I care. Not because I was against you. It's because I cared. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on that? But now you're on board because you know how, like, I'm serious about it. If she wants to do it, go for it. I'm not, so. I've, I've never been against her. I've just, I've been extremely skeptical. But mm-hmm. I never told her not to do it. Yeah. I never discouraged her. Mm-hmm. Though you might think showing you a mirror and saying, look at everything it's going to cost is you're trying to discourage me. No, I'm trying to get you to see the true picture of what this is. Uh, that you may not be seeing because you're too close to the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, we often talk about the fog of war. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fog of war basically is, you know, when you're in a combat zone for so long, you start to overlook little things that used to matter, you used to be really attentive to. That can cost you. That can cost your friends. Uh, it can cost your life in combat. Well, it's because you're too close to your situation. Mm-hmm. Well, in a marriage or something like this, Jamie was so close to her dream with this, going back to college, becoming a teacher, that I knew there were blind spots that she probably isn't seeing. And so it's my job as a caring husband to help you see everything, shed light on everything, even the dark corners that you're not seeing. Mm -hmm. And just because you know the fog of war exists, that doesn't mean you don't suffer from it. I know this. I teach this. I've been teaching this for years. In leadership, things like that, when I speak for companies and different organizations. And you know what? I still have the fog of war when it comes to things that I'm trying to do. It's just the pure nature of being too close to what you do. If you're doing something, whether it's a job or pursuing something or you're in a relationship, you are so close to this thing Mm -hmm. that you don't see everything. That's why it's important. Now, we'll get into this in another episode, but that's why it's important to have allies. People in your life who will be honest with you. Yeah. Um, they care about you, but they'll be honest with you. Yeah. And that can be a hard combination to find in some people. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's a verse that's first in First Corinthians that says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Yeah. So God is not the author of confusion, but peace. If there's confusion, what that means is it's not from God. There, mm-hmm. If there's not peace, it's coming from a place, a lack of understanding or division. Mm-hmm. Some Something's just not clear. It's not coming from a place of truth and understanding. So if you can identify that in your marriage, that can really help you to start to see what you could do or what you need to clarify mm-hmm. so you can be better and resolve issues in that area of your marriage. Yeah. So we're pretty much at the end here. But one last thing I want to say, I want to recap this is that propaganda is the unconfirmed story going through your head mm-hmm. when it comes to an issue you're dealing with in your life or your marriage. It is the unconfirmed story, the narrative going through your head, that little voice talking to you. Oh, she just doesn't want to see you succeed. Or Brian just, he doesn't want you to pursue his dreams. He's just trying to keep you down. You know, he pursued his dreams. He doesn't want, and you know, you'll even have, you can even have friends or family members that will think that and even say that and confirm the propaganda. It still doesn't always make it true. That's right. Like, in some cases, it might be true. So you have to be open to that. Mm-hmm. But just because someone else confirms it, it's called confirmation bias, um, it doesn't make it true. If you don't know, real quick, if you don't know what confirmation bias is, let's say... um I grew up in a place, well, hey, I, I let's just say this. I have black friends who grew up in black neighborhoods where they always saw police um, arresting black people. And the police had a really bad rap um, in that neighborhood. So the narrative was police are all bad. Well, if my friends who grew up there, they always heard that, but they never saw it. But then they see something like a George Floyd thing happen. They're, or they see a... Any case of police brutality, that's questionable. I'm not talking about a real, where someone really committed a crime, they just got caught and they're mad. I mean, real police brutality. They would go, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Now, they may have never seen anything. They've only heard it, and so they share that opinion because other people in their community do. Mm -hmm. But they see one thing that confirms it, quote-unquote, confirms it in their mind. That's called confirmation bias because then you're like, hey, I t- we told you that happened. Mm-hmm. And, of course, things like that do happen. Is that always the case? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Totally not. But it does 
happen. And that's a touchy subject out there with race and police and all this stuff. It's not always the case, yeah. but it does happen. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't, there's two polarized sides here. Yeah. And this is actually a good lesson too for propaganda. Political issues, social issues, there's almost always two polarized sides. And it tries to pull people either one or the other end. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing though. The truth, almost, almost, almost every single situation in time ever, the truth between two extremes is almost always somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's almost always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I've almost never found that not to be true. And if you look very clearly and objectively, you'll see, and unbiasedly, you'll see that's probably the case. So in your marriage, if you have propaganda going through your head and it's this extreme one side, mm-hmm. well, maybe that's what I'm thinking. And Jamie, let's say she has the opposite polarized extreme opinion. I'm probably not right and she's probably not right. There's probably an overlap in the middle somewhere where that's actually the truth. If we put our egos aside, mm-hmm. the, the truth of whatever it is we're dealing with is probably in the middle of our polarized opposite propaganda messages. Mm-hmm. It just is. So uh, propaganda is the unconfirmed story going through your head about a situation in your marriage. Yeah. And one of the best ways, like my friend did, to debunk the propaganda, to kick it in the teeth, and to kill the propaganda is to admit it, get it out there, talk about it, say, this is what's going through my head. This is a great line, by the way. All right. Here's what's going through my head. Jamie, tell me if I'm right. When I hear you say, when I hear you say this, whatever this is, Jamie, this is what I think you mean. This is what I hear. Is that correct? And then I shut up, which is hard for me to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she'll either confirm or deny. Yes, that's what I mean. Or no, what I actually mean is this other thing. Mm-hmm. The problem is if I don't, if we don't clarify that, I'll be arguing at her over something that she actually doesn't mean that. She means something else. Yeah. So I'm coming from here. She's coming from down here. The main issue is the issue. We just can't see it. And I'm arguing this and she's arguing that. And we're not on the same page. Yeah. So get on the same page. Get Propaganda. On the same page. Yeah. yeah. So important. It's the unconfirmed story. Propaganda is the unconfirmed story going through your head about a situation in your marriage. And then you can have... Like I said, and you can have people in your life that tell you, oh, no, he, you know, I had people in my life, you know, mm-hmm. several different family members. Very good, friends, very whatever. good people. Very well-intentioned, very good people. People yeah, we friend, love and respect. Friends, family. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I don't know. I don't really feel like they're being, that he is being very supportive to you. Um, but then I, you know, I, but I know his heart. I know his heart. We've been married 15 years. Like, I know his heart wasn't that he's being non-supportive. He was, you know, he, but he, but all he knew is what I told him. <laughs> well, so, and you also know that friends and family who say that they generally have your best interest at heart too. Oh, absolutely. And you know their heart. Yeah. But again, it comes back to that, that lens of perception, the blue yeah. glasses and pink glasses. Mm-hmm. People see, people will see your situation through their lens. Yeah. Well, why does Brian always take his phone with him when he goes to the bathroom at a restaurant? Well, Maybe this person, this friend of yours, had an ex-boyfriend or ex-husband who cheated on him like crazy and always used to do that. So now, psychologically, it's a trigger for that person when a guy walks to the bathroom at a restaurant with his phone, she goes, I wonder who he's talking to. And, oh, I'll bet he's talking to somebody, Jamie. He could be. He might be. You know, my last six husbands, you know, you know, I was never the problem, but, you know, you know, that's what they used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six husbands, as one of our friends say, they can't all be wrong. My friend uh, Chris Widener, he's a speaker and author. <laughs> he, uh, him and his wife Denise wrote a great book uh, called "Better the Second Time" about yeah. how to have a how to have a better second marriage mm-hmm. and um, or have a, a great second marriage. Read and, it; it's really good. We read it, and we've you know, yeah, "Better the Second Time" by Chris and Denise Widener. We've only been married once, just yeah. the two of it. But it was so a he has book. a he has a story in there. He was um he was consulting with uh, a guy who does corporate consulting, things like that for big companies. And he said uh, he noticed this, the CEO who he was consulting for and coaching. As he's looking at all the information, he goes, you know, you tend to attract a lot of really talented people into your life, but they only stay for about two or three years and then they leave. And the guy, the guy says something to the effect of, oh yeah, trust me, I know. 
I mean, heck, I've been, I'm on my fourth marriage right now. Or something like that. <laughs> and Chris said something to the effect, and I think this was it, something like, he said something like, buddy, <laughs> four ex-wives can't be wrong. Yeah. Like, in other words, dude, there's, there's a crash at the last four intersections. And do you know what the common denominator, the common thread in all of them are? You. You, you were there <laughs> at all of them. Yeah. You were at the scene of every crime. And you're the only common thread between all these different things. <laughs> Now, again, that's what propaganda can do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just, Jamie, do you have anything? We're going to wrap this up, but do you have any last thoughts on this? Anything comes to mind? Don't be scared to talk to your partner about something. Don't let it take years for you to have to talk about something that, you know, like, don't let it be a couple years. Yeah. Like, don't wait, don't it was wait. a couple of years before I finally voiced that I really wanted a weekend alone just as a family <clears throat> yeah. a month, once a month. And don't let it, don't let it take years for that to happen. <laughs> next time I'll end with this. Next time you have a story going through your head about your spouse and a situation that is an argument or negative or whatever it is. Next time you have these thoughts. And the thing is, it's hard to realize you're having the thoughts sometimes. Mm-hmm. But as you seek to identify What's the propaganda here? You'll start to be able to sort of step outside your own head and look at yourself from like a thought, a 10,000 foot view mm-hmm. and go, oh, instead of just thinking your thoughts and being in that soup, you can step outside of it and go, oh, I was thinking that. Yeah. Think in your marriage. Next time you have thoughts going through your head, are these true? Like, have I confirmed these are true? Is this propaganda? Look, I just gave you the, some of the great, we just gave you some of the greatest life advice. Once you understand how to start recognizing propaganda, you'll always be able to. Yeah. Like, almost always, you'll be able to recognize it. You'll know to recognize it. Yeah. And that can save a lot of relationships. So propaganda, again, as we close, propaganda is the unconfirmed story going through your head about an issue you're dealing with concerning your spouse, your marriage, whatever the case. Question all propaganda. Best propaganda has a little bit of truth in it. So be very careful. Just because it has some truth doesn't mean it's all true. You have to see through that. Yeah. So what's the propaganda that goes through your head Mm -hmm. when you're thinking uh, or having an issue with your spouse today or this week? And is it true? Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take the next three seconds, just three seconds, and simply click that five-star rating if you feel like this is a five-star podcast. Also, if you want us to keep making these episodes, we can't do it alone. We're just a normal married couple like many of you, and you can help us continue making these episodes by contributing just $4 a month. Yes, just $4 a month. That's literally only 13 cents a day. That's just a dollar a week, a dollar per episode. And let's be honest here. For the quality of advice you get here, you can easily afford to invest just a dollar a week with us. This helps us grow so we can bring you even more value And you also have the chance to get some pretty cool swag out of the deal. So here's what you need to do. Just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes right now and click the link that says support the show. Or you see the word Patreon. It literally only takes 30 seconds to do and it helps us continue helping you and your friends and loved ones in their marriages. So click the link right now that says support the show or Patreon and we'll see you in the next episode.